This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good afternoon and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, sir? Gary, I'm okay. My back is a little sore and my hamstrings are a little sore. I took five swings in the batting cage yesterday when I took <laughs> when I took, took my son to go hit a little. And I'm like, watch how dad does it. Now, I make good contact, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm old. It's official. I remember those days too. And I think I got calluses after about 10 swings the one day. And I, <laughs> that's when I, I really started feeling old right then. It, it's brutal. And Rob, how are you doing, sir? I, I'm pleasantly pre- uh, pleased to see that you have also grown um, COVID Maine. That's pretty yeah. exciting for me. I'm not it's, alone uh... this week. <laughs> yeah, this is Rob uh... Allman. He is the uh, staff cartoonist at DK Pittsburgh Sports. And yes, um, we we are so excited to have him on because, uh, first of all, I really like the cartoon canon on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I think it's really cool. That's where I've come to uh, appreciate his work um, until I was lucky enough to be one of the people that he drew, which is really cool (laughs) just to have somebody do a cartoon of you that you're not trying to hide in your closet. It was a lot better than the Butler Fair. I'll tell you that, folks. but uh, with, with DK opening the new store, we thought it'd be great to have uh, Rob Allman on because he's going to have some merchandise for sale there. And I thought, hey, let's have him on because he's also a baseball fan. He wants to talk sports with us, too. So, Rob, say yeah. hello to everybody. Hey. Hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm always happy to uh, talk sports and sell anything that's not nailed down. So, um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Good. Good stuff. So we're going to start out with uh, – some meat and potatoes because I think just about every week we're not going to really be able to escape the CBA. We might as well make it an upfront topic. And uh, it's been 42 days since MLBPA and MLB sat down. Thank God the man who proudly wore that number wasn't as dumb as those running the game today. But uh, that was it. It was a punt. (laughs) I I read some of the proposal that leaked out already. It was a punt. That's all this was. Jim, anything you got to say about it? I've been reading a little bit. I'll read some of the quotes that came out of it. but Yeah, I mean, just real quick. I mean, kind of sitting here all day in between work, just waiting for some morsels, morsels to come out, right? And so we got a few of them. Pretty underwhelming. I know we're going to talk about a little bit of it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I expected. I was on um, – uh, the fence, if anything substantive would come of it, it doesn't look like it. So, yeah, it, it, it was a punt. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And 
Rob, I know you were working right before this, so I really need to read you some of the quotes, I think, before you can comment, huh? Yeah, I, well, I just, I, you know, to be honest, and then this is coming from somebody who, you know, I, I follow it very, uh, very much like a, like a, like a, like a civilian. Um, I, I expected nothing today, and it seems like that's exactly what they gave us. It, it, it really does seem like one of those things. To me, again, uneducated opinion, where they're just gonna, you know, just just kick the can down the road as far as they can. Once in a while, they'll have this stunt where they, yeah. you know, talks are happening, and then nothing substantive substantive comes of it. Yeah, that's kind of what I took from it this time too. And the big quote that really kind of stuck out with me, and I really wanted to get your opinions on this one, Rob. I'm going to bounce right back to you on this. Okay. They, they said that they increased money for Super 2 players, which would mean that they have to kind of admit that they've been manipulating it in the first place because they, they say they're, they're going to award draft picks to teams that don't manipulate service time. Right. Now, how can you determine that? Because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of been the claim all along is that you can't determine that. You can't say the Rays were manipulating Wander Franco, right? Right. Well, I mean, if you say it, you admit it, right? Like you said. Exactly. So, yeah. It's, uh, uh, I, you know, like, again, not, not, uh, not, uh, uh, fluent enough in it to speak in all the terms, but it, it just does really seem like, uh, you know, uh, just kick the can down the road. Exactly. And, I mean, Jim, I know you probably have an opinion on this, but you know, you've worked in law enforcement in some way, shape or form before. If somebody comes in and says, Hey, we're guilty, but, uh, don't use this in court. <laughs> I mean, Dude, it, it is the, it is the, um, premium up a uh, prime example of you know how do you determine intent um mm -hmm. which which does go straight to kind of like a, the legal system with some things you know yeah. and uh what is premeditated how do you determine what the intent is or or even prove it exactly. yeah i think that's really what it comes down to um clearly they're admitting it's a problem i mean first proposal we see here that uh, has come out, it's like one of the main things that they wanted to address with the players. So it's a big admission. I just don't know how in the world you could ever, I mean, who, who would decide that? Would it be some kind of like panel? I, I mean, how- Would you have to like, file agreements? Uh, like, how does that work? Like, I'm sitting here looking at it right now and there's, I, that's that's one thing. Okay, how do you define a super two? Okay, or how do you d define whether it was manipulated or not? That's that's weird enough already. The fact they left super twos in this is really odd to me. I thought that would be pretty much the easiest thing to get rid of. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I thought that'd be the first thing they knocked off without even much effort. Well, I mean, then it tells you that for some reason it's either important to one party or important to both enough that they've felt the need to keep it in. Um, I, I don't know which way that falls. Um, it, it, it sounds to me, and what, what else did they talk about? They talked about awarding draft picks to teams that don't manipulate. Yeah. Um, like, like we discussed. Time. That's crazy. Right. It does. I mean, like that is, then you're really getting into like, now you are really affecting like competitive balance and determining, um, yeah. you know, what kind of drafts teams can have. My goodness. I mean, Rob, you, you're a guy that works in freelance a lot. So yes. when you walk into a room and, and you say, uh, I need uh, $400 to do this job. And they, they come back with uh, 300. Right. A month later, they call you up and say, Hey Rob, listen, we're still willing to pay that 300. Does it change your mind and all of a sudden you want to do the work? <laughs> I mean, like, maybe yeah. you're maybe you're a month more desperate and that's what the owners are kind of hoping for, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 always one of those things where um, 
you know, you, you, you kind of have your number in mind and, and they have their number in mind and you kind of meet in the middle somewhere. But if there's no, you know, if, if, you know, desperation, I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the same kind of uh, situation where people are going to get desperate in that manner that they're right. going to decide to take it later. You know, um, I don't know. The point of a lockout period is to put pressure. So yeah. if you're not to the point where you're going to lose games, guess what they haven't applied yet? Right, right. So to me, losing games was always going to happen. I know that, Jim, you've disagreed with that before, but losing <clears> games <throat> to me was always going to happen as soon as they decided to go the lockout route. Because there's no sense in doing it if you're not going to lose games. That's your pressure point. Well, I, I can say for myself, speaking as just a you know somebody who doesn't have the depth of experience that you guys have, I just assumed that was going to happen. You know, I hoped it wouldn't, but it just seems like one of those things that always follows an event like this. Right. Um, except maybe in the NFL, where everything is such a much bigger deal. But you know, whether it's hockey or or you know, which you know, unfortunately, more lockouts there that I have more familiarity with. Uh, it's all. It's always going to come down to that's when the 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 wheels are really going to start turning, right? Absolutely. Um, when once once the games start going away. Do you yeah. Have any once, thoughts on that? No, just it, you know, I have been kind of outspoken. I thought that the way they implemented the lockout, you know, um, as as fast as they could, I thought um, that there would be too much money to lose coming off of a off of all the COVID stuff that I really did think it would be something that they wouldn't want to happen. Uh, especially the owners this time, oddly enough, um, because there's a lot of owners with, yeah, they've got deep pockets, but they're highly, highly leveraged and they've got a lot of things to pay for. And some of them have stadiums to pay for and ballparks and whatnot. So I, I just thought it might be different this time around, but, Maybe the maybe the thing with baseball is is that you realize the more things change, the more they stay the same, and the history of the game has yeah. taught us that they're they are willing to go down this road. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I, like I said, I called this a punt from the beginning. That's what this first proposal was. I feel that in my bones. They didn't move on anything really major. Higher minimum salary. That's about it. I was more taken back by some of the admissions in there. And I, I almost can't wait to see the, the formal language if it actually comes out because I'm hoping the way that this reads was just poorly worded by the, the reporters as opposed to what actually came out of their mouths because this is just silly to, to box yourself into a corner. But it's a good place for a break. But before we actually go, I want to give Rob a chance to to tell you a little bit about um, the things he's going to have for sale in the new store. Lord willing, and the Mon don't rise. There's going to be a new store on Fifth Avenue, and I wanted him to have a chance to talk about some of that. Yeah, well, um, you know, we're still in talks, we're still uh, trying to figure out exactly what it's going to be. Um, but you know, I can say with all confidence, of course, um, you know, the cartoon canon uh, strips. Uh, we have, um, a book that we, we put out a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, a, a few copies of that remain. So that'll be in there, of course. Um, uh, probably a good selection of prints of the various cartoon canon strips. Um, so gosh, I think I'm, you know, up around 250 or 300 of them now. So I'll, I'll try yeah, to represent it's as a many big catalog. Yeah, it's 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 amazing when I go back through and just look at just how many of these things I've done. Um, it you know it, it's it's kind of wild because you just never run out of uh, never run out of mem- memories, never run out of events, I guess. Um, right. and, and you start having to get more and more obscure, which is where it almost starts getting more fun. Um, but uh, you know, some of the real popular ones will be in there. Um, I create a a, a, a hockey comic uh, that's not. Um, Pittsburgh centric necessarily, old but timey more just hockey. old timey hockey tales. Yeah. Uh, three issues of that that are out right now. And it just kind of goes and, you know, uh, details some of the, you know, various stories from the history of hockey, some true, some probably a little bit less true, but always pretty entertaining. Uh, I've always been fascinated by, by 
the history of the NHL and just some of the characters and crazy events that happened back before as many people were paying attention and you didn't have the kind of media landscape you do now. <laughs> um, so that, you know, and maybe some like fun merch too. Uh, you know, I have a, you know, I work on a lot of kind of uh, state based uh, designs. I have a, 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 I live in Virginia, but I have a, a sort of a, a line of um, different state drawings that I do. Um, hopefully maybe get those in there. Maybe some, you know, fun stickers or t-shirts or, you yeah, know, I saw you did the Capitals work. comic strip. So yeah, I hope, I hope people can get past that and, and enjoy <laughs> what, you, what you normally uh, do here. But I'll tell you well, what, we do have to take a break now. Yeah. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more buckos, everybody. Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. All right, welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, we're sitting down with Rob Allman, the staff cartoonist at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and Jim Stam, Gary Morgan with you as always. And today we wanted to touch on our poll that we have never, ever gotten into the rhythm of having <laughs> be weekly. We but, say it uh, is, but... We, we eh. say it's weekly, but we just just don't do it. Um, but the poll this <laughs> week was interesting to me. Um, I put up, when you look at the Pirates system, do you see enough to form a winner? And, of course, development has to happen. Uh, I, I really wanted some answers from this, and you guys came through. I mean, you guys pounded us with some really good answers. First, the results, yes, was 70 Eh, we'll call it 71%, and no was 29%. I was a little bit surprised by that because, and maybe this is just the nature of human beings, that the more pessimistic of us tend to reply more often than than the optimistic, or maybe it's just a reflection of our followers. Um, a lot of you have drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe that's why it came out that way. But 70% of you think that, what is in the system is enough to, to create a winner. And uh, I'll start with our buddy Scott Nelson here for a reply because I, I just, he's always folksy the way he replies. And I dig <laughs> it. it says, uh, yes, they have a star in Reynolds, potential star in Hayes, crews and pieces both here and coming up that are more than the, well, we think they'll fill a role guys. So pretty good stuff there. And I think that's, pretty close to where I fall on that. I do think the system has enough to augment that. Rob, you're, you're watching from a distance, and you've just watched your local baseball club. I would imagine you're probably close to the Nationals somewhere over there, yeah. right? Close-ish. So, uh, depending on traffic, you know, it's yeah, closer so you than just PNC, watched them decimate their roster. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, even if um, you are starting to transition fandom, you understand this. Oh, no. There'll, there'll be no transitioning. It's, uh, <laughs> there's a quick funny story about uh, me and uh, Nationals Park. I usually go see the Pirates there. I am a, an unbelievable something like 0-12, 0-13 seeing the Pirates at Nationals Park. That includes 2013 through 2015. It's I have wow. never seen a win there. You didn't uh, even see the Starling Marte walk-off? No, I missed that one. I didn't go to I was like, I've had enough of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I saw a real exciting game in 2014, 2013, 2014. Pirates came back and tied it in the ninth and then lost on a walk-off by Bryce Harper. Um, went to went to all three games one year. They lost them all. I mean, it's just it's a bloodbath every time. But um, yeah, I'm sorry, I completely uh, sidetracked your question. Um yeah, uh, you know, when I when I look at the team, it's you know, it's it, 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 in answering the poll, it, you know, there's what I want to believe. And then there's, you know, cruel reality coming at me at the same time. I do feel like 
there are a lot of pieces there. I mean, you think about their last little run of success, uh, you know, uh, it was, you don't need that much, you know, you don't need, it's not like you need to need like nine superstars. You just need, you know, a, a few, a few of them. And then, uh, Right, like Josh Harrison was a piece of the last one. Yeah, exactly. Jordy Mercer. Like some of these guys, yeah, some of these guys who you kind of forget about. Yeah, Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison are great examples because they seem to, you know, they seem to, to to get a hit where it was needed, and they had their heroic moments to go along with the, you know, the more superstar types. Um, I mean, yeah, I think you know, I think anything anything could happen. Uh, development is key. Development is key. Absolutely. And Jim, you know, we talk about development all the time. Of course, it's important. I don't want to glaze over that and pretend that everybody's going to hit projections. But this was really more meant to be, in my eyes, a reality check for people. I I keep hearing people super excited that, that the system is ranked as number one or will be ranked as number one. And that means this will happen in X year. Okay, well, so you're saying you look at that system and tell me that it's there. They don't need to go get anything. I mean, what do you think there? Well, I mean, for me, it's not. Um, I voted no simply because I, I, I just, I'm not sure, you know, if we look back at when the pirates had their, you know, three year run there. Um, and you look at the type of, uh, guys that they had that could, you know, uh, well, McCutcheon was a, a t- guy that could carry a team at times, but, but you're going to sure. need, you're going to need a couple big stars, big, big guys that can carry you, um, that you can't pitch around all the time in a lineup, um, that are just built differently from a baseball perspective. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on guys like O'Neill Cruz, quite frankly, uh, coming up. And, um, you know, I'm of the mindset of being very careful with him because of that and his development. Um, Kid Brian Hayes, we have a little bit of a, <clears throat> a mixed bag on. I think he's super talented. I, I think that's obvious. Um, offensively, you've got to see more from him. Uh, we've got Brian Reynolds right now, and he's fantastic. But he's going to need some help, and um, that's not even getting into the pitching side of things. So, you know, obviously they're in better shape. There's no doubt about that. Um, are they on a winning path that I like to um, be confident in? I'm not sure yet. I'm just not. And uh, I think it's it might be a little disingenuous for me to just point it. Uh, farm system rankings and say, you know, hey, it's just a matter of time. Some of these guys are going to have to turn into um, kind of impact, high impact baseball players because those guys will not come from anywhere but the system. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it, honestly. That's a lot of words to say kind of what I was going to say was (laughs) I voted no because I've never seen a team in baseball do it without trading. I've never seen a team do it completely through their system, even Tampa Bay trades. Like, so (laughs) I just don't see that happening. Um, I guess I could believe it's all there. uh, If I believed that everything would kind of translate its way up through the system and just magically appear as the best version of itself. But I just don't see it internally. I think they'll, they'll end up having to make some moves to, to make the pieces fit. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Like they're going to have to fill in some holes and 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 fill some roles uh, through free agency and maybe some deadline deals. Um, but to expect it to come from outside, that's probably just not even realistic. So we really are sitting here waiting on all this talent acquisition to sort itself out see what develops. And man, we got to hit on a couple of these dudes. We've really got to hit on yeah, a couple like, of these dudes. It's really important that one of these pitchers is a star, a star, yeah. not just <clears throat> good. Like we need, yeah. a, we need a, and you know, go back a few years to even when we didn't win, they need a Denny Nagel. Yeah. 
they need somebody that's really going to hit the ground running and be that guy. And um, that that's going to be really crucial to whether this all works or not. That could be Quinn Priester, Ruanzi. I don't care who it is, but it's got to be somebody. And you need at least a complimentary guy. So to me, I think they're going to have to go out. But our friend Nick and Graves both referenced in their comments the quality of the depth is why they think the answer is yes. Because, uh, and I'll put it exactly as Graves did, the gap between being a star, a complimentary player, or trade bait is shrinking in this system. And that is a really, really good way to look at it because what she's saying basically is they are creating so little separation between who's like going to be a star and who's maybe going to bomb out that she feels the depth will kind of bleed its way through, basically creating more of those Gary Varsho, Josh Harrison, Jordy Mercer types on the low end, and the high end is an O'Neill Cruz type. So I, I like the way she put that. I'm not 100% sure again that I buy into that 100%. I think they're going to have to go and get somebody, but it's an interesting way to look at it. Rob, what do you think? Well, I just, I mean, I, when you put it that way, um, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine a team like the Pirates ever being able to, you know, strictly on system. I mean, you look at somebody like, uh, you know, Russell Martin before, how much came from him, how much came from bringing in A.J. Burnett, how much came from just, uh, you know, that, that the, the, those couple of players that came in from outside to complement what you had. Um, and it's a great point about McCutcheon, too, being able to carry a team because – Right. You know, you remember when he was at his, you know, at his peak, you know, you didn't want to miss an at bat because something was always happening with him. And, right. uh, and, um, you know, is any of these guys, that guy, uh, Sterling you know, Marte was a lot better too, before he was asked yeah. to, do, to do that job. Right. Right. That's not and, easy. And we got to give, you know, a lot of people bash that, um, regime, uh, on their way out, the Neil Huntington regime. But, I mean, they really did nail a few things, like Rob mentioned, with Burnett and Russell Martin and Liriano was in there. I mean, like, man, those were – if 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 you got to have a little luck in there, yeah. they got it. But that's what you're going to have to do is find those kinds of guys and pieces again, especially if – um, you are a little bit short on some of that superstar potential. And they just, I mean, they really nailed that part of it. I i, I don't know if that is talked about enough, quite that honestly. Was, see, that was partially luck. But that was partially, sure. that was partially something mm-hmm. that people just pretend didn't happen, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they straight up went out and, and kept Liriano after he yeah. proved he was a good pitcher. They, they extended him. They made yeah. that happen. Like, they they went and signed Russell Martin. They didn't trade a bunch of prospects for an aging catcher. They went and signed him. They wanted yeah. him. They went and got him. They matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, those were, I mean, historically, it's kind of sad, but those are two of the Pirates' biggest free agent signings ever um, yeah. when you look at it. Yeah, so, Liriano and Martin, right. Yeah. Yeah, but if you if you look back, people don't think about that at all. They they talk about how they let the team fall apart after 2015 and they're right. But they they don't think about that crucial point a few years before where they kept it together and put it together. I yeah, they were think, huge pieces. Go ahead, Rob. I was going to say I always think, you know, this is one of these again the 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 uneducated opinion coming out, but um and I've always kind of, you know, talked about this just among friends. Um, and, uh, you know, what if, you know, in 2015, I felt like they were just maybe mm, just, a, just a move like that in 2015 really could have, could have helped them. Um, you know, uh, that was such a weird season cause they did, they played so well and they were so good. But once you got to the point where, uh, you know, it, it just seemed like it, it was going to be, um, Oh, what's his name? Arietta in the wild card game. And, that, and we were going to lose and that was going to be it. Uh, you know, at least for me, 
you know, I spent the entire month of September thinking that, and that's exactly what happened. And I yeah, wonder right. if, you know, gosh, if they had just been able to move, you know, cause they ended up moving, um, uh, you know, moving, uh, oh, shucks to Tampa Bay for, uh, Archer. Um, oh, Meadows. Meadows. <laughs> You're the Meadows. only person in the world whose mind it has slipped, sir. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under pressure here. Of course I know who it is. But, you know, gosh, it, you know, why did they move Meadows, you know, two years later? Move him then? You know, I don't know. Maybe bring in a guy. So close. And 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 you're right. It is luck, you know, and, and those those early moves turned out. Those those early, you know, moves that they made were, were lucky and they worked out. Um and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it just seems like uh, they were afraid of success and or eh, who knows what, you know, I don't know that they were afraid of success, but uh, just, you know, one they were afraid like of, that, uh, that might have. I think they were afraid of um, having to really enter um, the dark ages again. Yeah. And rebuild. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes a sense. lot of things happened that a lot of fans didn't want to see. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, AJ Burnett retired. Yeah, they didn't kick him off the team. You know, right? Um, they didn't fail to re-sign him. He retired. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, right. That's true. But, you know, Mariano yeah. fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the league, the league figured him out. And and you know, let's let's call it what it is. McCutcheon, um, something. went wrong there he was not the same guy it happened years earlier but you know I think like big picture I think what they want to do this time and hopefully and our buddy Bob Nutting says he's learned from it to see it through the next time when it happens like don't get there and then not be afraid to see it through and uh, just be kind of almost like oh god thank god we made it uh, we're we're almost happy to be here, and let's just let's not get carried away. Well, you know what? No one's saying you got to get carried away, but it doesn't do all that good. All it doesn't do any good to get all that way, and then right at the end, just get a little hesitant about how you're doing it. Yeah, so see, hopefully again, that would be the difference. I, see, I think that's a that's almost a cute re remembrance of the, of what actually <laughs> happened. Because, you think so? Yeah. The payroll got up to a certain point. In fact, in 2016, it was higher than 2015. So the payroll got up to a certain point via arbitration. They had the retirement of A.J. Burnett. Neil Walker was exactly what they thought Neil Walker was when they traded him, regardless of what they got back for him. They thought his back was shot. His back was shot. But, I mean, that's all there was to it. Andrew McCutcheon fell off the cliff. Starling Marte did drugs. I mean, like, Liriano stunk, just absolutely stunk. Was Cole, maybe wasn't, you know, Cole wasn't as good as he should have been. But maybe we're talking about two different things, though, too, Gary, is like I'm talking more about not so much after after the fact. It was just during the run um, that I would have liked to have seen them be just a little bit more aggressive and I know everyone's You're saying, like, basically, instead of Cervelli, go get Riamulto or, so, you know, something along those yes, lines. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking more in the moment trying to see it through and rather than – I'm talking than, after the fact because I'm saying, like, the payroll is bad. Correct. With all that stuff I just listed, in order to keep that team together, as people love yeah. to rant and rave about – and man, we get off topic, but this is way more fun. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, but in order to keep that team together, you you would have had to spend up to like one eighty, period. Just to just to try. Jay Jay Hap wasn't staying. Toronto was going to pay him whatever he wanted. That's just yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, my, so to me, I, there was no winning in twenty sixteen. I get what you're saying though. They should have maybe gone more after it in 2013 yeah that's what i'm talking about and that's funny because um this is this is what makes sports conversations great is that just like twitter um we're we're um our mindset is in a different spot even when we're talking about it which creates the confusion which is social media and twitter so yeah i mean that's yeah we got off topic but i do think some of it does translate to this time when they get there and how they're going to approach it 
and 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 you're hopefully right. Stay the course though that's what was said so you're right yeah yeah so I, i'm talking about when you you know when you see that the moment is rapidly approaching boy they better invest some to not miss that window again that's I, that's I totally my agree. big point i totally yeah. agree and i usually have to try to disagree with you because you're the <laughs> anti-ex-wife of mine <laughs> so. Um, that was really good though man i'm actually glad we changed topics that was better than the poll maybe that should have been our poll i I will talk about the 2013 to 2015 pirates any day i don't i don't get nearly enough opportunities it's a good idea we should do a whole regular life it's just uh well real quick but um before we go to a break or something rob when you go to games uh you know let's say you go to a nationals game or wherever um What's your what's your attire like? Do you do you uh, go full Yinzer mode, or are you um, Ooh, boy. reserved, or do you do you bust out like the Clemente jersey? And how how, how do you how do you roll? Okay, well in, it varies. Parks. Uh, here's okay. Well, so I, I usually I, I keep it a little, and it wasn't always like this. These days I I, I keep it a little a little. Uh, a little understated, you know, maybe just a t-shirt, maybe a cap. Don't really do the Jersey too often. Oh, that's just cause it's hot. Um, but, uh, but, but it has been known to happen. The, the exception being, um, I, I got, I got a, a, a group of friends, uh, that I went to that, that, that I kind of, you know, grew up with, uh, in uh, Kent, Ohio. And we have, um, it hasn't happened the last two years cause of the pandemic, but we had a nice six year run of going to a penguin or a, I'm sorry, a pirate game, and an Indians game in the same day, uh, in the same, well, that's cool. you know, like, yeah, drive from Cleveland to Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh to Cleveland or whatever, and go see two games, a day game and a night game. And, uh, I get all decked out for those, you know, stovepipe cap, the, the big stance, the knee high stance socks, the whole deal. <laughs> we made t-shirts. Very one cool. year. It was awesome. So, uh, yeah, it can, it can really go either way. Uh, but, um, generally I, I, I save the really ridiculous costumes for those days. <laughs> No, that sounds like an awesome idea, actually. It's a blast, man. I mean, it it is a long day, but uh, if you you can do the road game, because I, you know, my my mom lives just outside, uh, you know, about 40 minutes from Cleveland. So, you know, if you can do the road game first, do the Pittsburgh game for the day, matinee in Pittsburgh, and then drive back to Cleveland and and see the night game there. And then, you know, it's 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 a blast. I mean, it's just a it's it's. You'd be think hard it'd be to do too that much of a with good the pirate thing. game first, Jim, with no drinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's a, why that's you a, have that's an that's expensive Uber ride. That's why there's six of us because somebody always draws the short straw, and go. they're the one who has to drive. <laughs> Luckily, I know a couple of teetotalers, and they'll uh, you know they'll always step up and uh, you know take the reins for that. But uh, yeah, that's you, you'd think it'd be too much of a good thing, but it turns out it's almost not quite enough of a good thing, even though it's a lot of a good thing. <laughs> no, that, I'm going to have to steal great. that idea. Yeah. No, it's, I it's love that idea. Yeah. That sounds it's great. super cool. All right. Well, let's take another quick break here. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, the international signing period that's coming up here really quick, opening up on the 15th. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, The last subject I wanted to talk about today was the upcoming international signing period. It opens on the 15th, and the Pirates are in position here to to get some pretty decent players, it looks like. Um, They're in line right now to get the number 12 available, and I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, but I'm going to try as best I can. Jordani De Los Santos. They love De Los Santos. We've had so many of those now, it feels like. But this is the number 12 available player in in the pool. And he's another super tall O'Neill Cruz type shortstop prospect. Uh, Looks to be a little more filled out than O'Neill was uh, at that age. Uh, 16 years old. Um, the interesting thing about him is that up until very recently, he was on track to be signed by Tampa Bay. Not sure what happened there, but 
pretty interesting. And actually, I believe I got that backwards because the next prospect I'm talking about is that guy. That's Tony Blanco Jr. He's the 11th ranked prospect available. He's a 6'5", 230-pound outfielder with a power tool of 55. I mean, I don't want to get carried away here, and I'm certainly not going to act like this is uh, puts us in the World Series by a certain year or anything like that. But combine that with Solomon McGuire from, from a couple years ago and and Po Yu Chen and Shaylin Polanco, who was the number 11 prospect last year, they are making some moves here that are, are bringing in some talent. And I'm going to throw out an interesting name, Jim, and before I toss it over to you so that you can take uh, the blame for bringing it up. Okay. Juan Soto was the 13th best prospect at one point in this, in this poll. So <clears throat> you should not just turn a blind eye to these signings. I know they're a long way away, but that doesn't make them any less interesting or important. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, people have to realize that these are 16-year-old kids. I mean, so um, we're not talking guys that are on the precipice of Major League Baseball. Um, I think if you really even get extremely lucky and hit on one of these kinds of dudes, you're talking four years um, before you would even – Yeah, I mean, I'm talking like optimal situation – Wander Franco type, yes. Juan Soto type, you know. Home You're run. talking low A by seventeen, eighteen. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. and just automatically just um, forcing his way, uh, just based on the fact that they're so ready. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing about this draft is. Um, and I found something, so get, bear with me here one second. The guys like Soto, Tatis, um, Marte, Acuna, Ozzy Albi, Alves, these guys, none of them were the best-paid signees in their class. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about the who's who of guys, and – you can find them, and interestingly enough, they weren't even the, the marquee uh, name or the highest-paid player that ended up signing a deal. So hugely important. Again, it tells you how hard it is to, to um, identify some of these guys, but it's a great way for a team like the Pirates to try to get some of that young talent and see what it becomes. Right, and, and Rob – one of the points that I think is interesting here, we, we've had a few of these now to look at from Ben Charrington. Um, he's done a good job with it, I think. He, he's he's expanded the reach um, to Asia and uh, Australia. I think that's interesting. He's pulling some good talent from there. It's not all just the Dominican and all about the DSL at this point. It, he's been doing a good job with, with actually – taking some of the top guys off the board and and locking them in. Neil Huntington had a different approach where it was more of a a carpet bombing, I would say. He just would sign as many guys as he could. Um, There's a a cap on how much you can actually spend in this market, but anything under 20,000 didn't count. So he would sign 20 of those guys. You know what I mean? And and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Some of those guys have turned into something here. You know, the Pirates have not done poorly in this market. Gregory Polanco came from that. You can say that he ended up stinking, but to get a a guy to the major leagues and have a a seven-year career is a success in this market. It really is. Um, Starling Marte. Rodolfo Castro, J1 Bay is, is coming up. You know, it's not as though it was completely devoid. Oh, Neil Cruz came up from the international pool just from LA. What do you think of the different approaches there? Do you like the throw as much at the wall and see what sticks with, with young kids like this? Or do you think it's better to target 
some of these top talents like Ben Charrington is because I read those stats, 6'5", 230. I'm excited about that. But I've, I've also seen kids here in America, 6'5", 230 at 16, that they just end up getting fat. That was, you know, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying that's going to happen, but right. you don't know how these kids are going to develop. Yeah. Well, I mean, boy, you know, it's, I mean, I can, I, I can, I can kind of see the, the benefit in both, uh, in both uh, approaches. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not saying either know, one is right or wrong. I'm just, there's a difference I, for sure here. It's pretty yeah. stark. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, why not try something different, I guess? Uh, you know, when you see something like that, when you see the, you know, that kind of statistic, you, you have to get at least a little bit interested. Right. right. Um, when you have someone, you know, with, with stats like that, uh, especially when you see, you know, the Soto example is, is a good one. Um, you, that's where he came from. That's what, you know, the, the rankings sort of match up um, a lot of potential there. So uh, you know, I, I can see the benefit in having just just every, you know, just a, a, a huge roster of players. But going in and finding someone you really like and making a play for them, um, can't go wrong with that either. I mean, if you think about it, like from the regular draft, Jim, we're talking about like the first five rounds of this year's draft, the Pirates feel reasonably confident they can turn them into major league players. Okay. That's pretty good. And when you get a top 10 guy or top 15 guy in the international pool, that tends to kind of work out to like a second or a third round pick. So seems like, you know, the, the approach works there. Before Shalen Polanco last year, it had been more than a decade since the Pirates inked a top 15 prospect in this poll. And when we talk about how devoid of of talent the farm system has been, man, you know, I guess to me, I'm happy to see something different, even if I can't put my thumb on why it's better. (laughs) Well, you know, Rob said something. Um, that I think is absolutely true in, in when you talk about the international uh, draft like this is you really can make an argument both ways. Um, mm-hmm. The quantity, the quality over quantity thing is, is great, um, but it's also really nice to be able to go and spread that out and see if you can't, I mean, instead of one lottery ticket you feel better about, what about five that you feel decent about? I mean, especially when you've got to get all this talent from within your system, which they technically would be at that point, you know? So it's it's tough. I do. I really do think you could sit here and do a split split screen and argue with yourself over it on each side of it, and it would make perfect sense. Um, I would say before the contraction of minor league baseball that Rob Manfred pulled off just you know a year ago, I think I could make more of an argument for the way that Neil Huntington used to do it. But now you kind of can't afford to be bringing in. 2030 raw prospects that quickly. And I know they Where have they the DSL, <laughs> but you, you can only have so many guys down there. So maybe, maybe this approach was not even a philosophy of Charrington, but more forced upon him by circumstance. Because if you think about it, that's going to, that's rough to think about bringing that many prospects in. It is. I mean, um, it's one of those things where, I mean, I guess it would come down to is maybe it should change every time you're in this position for the draft is that, you know, if you think you're in a really good spot with one guy and you've ID'd that guy and you want to pour the resources into one or two players, then maybe you should go that route. Um, maybe it shouldn't be set in stone um, from an organizational philosophy standpoint. Um, I know 
that's typically not how it's done. I think teams, uh, let me give you a horror story that I did, that I did find was the Yankees have gotten um, uh, burned in the past just with, uh, they dropped out at the last minute with uh, Wander Franco and let the Rays have them. And they chose to spend uh, their money and their resources on like five of the top 30 picks. They went, nope, you know what, we'll go that route. Right. Well, that was a huge miss, obviously, um, knowing what we know now. And now they are kind of redirecting back to zeroing in on a couple guys, throwing all the money toward right. that. So, I mean, it's not just the Pirates that are in this situation. Every team has to make a decision about how they're going to go about it. There's one last point that I wanted to, to just mention on, on this uh, international pool um, because one of the things that hasn't come up officially yet but i know it was a wish of the players was to potentially roll the the international draft into the regular baseball draft and i don't know um what they would do to the age there would they change the age that you can draft a player um to younger or would they just up the age of international picks either way do you, do you guys think that's a good idea, or do you like the current system as it is? Because I, I could I could go with that either way as well. And Rob, I'll let you start with that. Is it okay with you the way it is, or do you think they should just roll them in and make them all eighteen? Oh boy. Um. I mean, that that just seems like such a such a huge amount of you know just a, of of players to. to 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 pull from doesn't it i mean to accurately uh, scout at least yeah yeah i mean how do you, and even i mean if you even just boil it down to being at separate times of the year so that your so that your staff has time to you know concentrate on the one draft and then you concentrate on the other one um you know it, it just seems like a, an awful lot to throw all you know all together all at it feels once like, like that. it would rob opportunity from some people that um Otherwise, wouldn't have it. Yeah. Well, and I, I and worry about that. You know, because yeah. the first thing Major League Baseball would do is pull scouts out of the area. Because yeah, if they're yeah. only going to pick the top guys, they're going to send guys to, to focus on uh, De Los Santos and Blanco and mm -hmm. whoever else the top couple guys are. And they're going to be in the top two, three rounds of the baseball right. draft and that's it. They're just like any other player at that point. Hmm. You know, like to I, me, I, yeah. I think, I think I look at it like, I know like from the owner's standpoint, I think they want to keep things right where they're at. Right. Um, this is, this becomes um, some high upside guys that you don't have to spend a lot of money on. It keeps labor costs down, you know, essentially. Um, that's how I see it. I can't see the, the owners being all that interested in um, changing what is a pretty good deal for them right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. I don't think it's on the table, and I don't think it will be. But I guess I, I just start to think about certain aspects of, of the things that are being asked for and how they would change them and, and the unintended consequences of them. You know, like I, yeah. we just saw that that graduation ceremony down there at the Dominican Academy um, for the Pirates players at at the uh, at the school down there. Things like that, and it's sad to say, but that wouldn't happen for some of those kids. Yeah. If if they if they didn't have this international draft that pulled them into a baseball system and started cultivating them. It's just it's something to me that I'd hate to see go away because I think it's one of the things that has really changed baseball for the better. Like, look at most of the exciting young players in the league right now that we just keep discussing, like Juan Soto and Frank Tatis and, and Wander Franco and yeah. Acuna. Where did they all come from, right? I mean, the international draft. And some of them, some of them have some legacy behind them as well to get them it's some attention. But it it's almost a shame that they, they, they don't have better 
representation or a little bit bigger of the pie. Um, it, but we know how that works too. So um, it's certainly not going to be set up to benefit them. And um, maybe as time goes on and more and more of these, these, these players are coming through and just the impact of them, maybe there, there's some ground to be made up there too. Maybe, but I don't think there's enough time in the universe that Einstein could even envision that are going to make some team pay $5 million for a 16-year-old that they're not sure is actually interested in being a professional baseball player yet. You never know, Gary. It's baseball. These, these teams with money, they do a lot of crazy things. So basically <laughs> your theory is the movie The Rookie is real. Um, I don't know because I've never seen it, and um, so full admission that's that's uh, something I'll have to um, uh, brush up on. You're not missing anything. Hey, I think that's a good place to end this week, though. I I really had a good time, especially our um, our topic that wasn't supposed to be. I really enjoyed that. That was awesome. <laughs> we should definitely talk more about that period of time and and some of our conspiracy theories on both ends of that window because uh, that was good stuff. Yeah, there's more to that. Maybe we can revisit it. Yeah, I love oh, that. Like and, I uh, said, anytime. Rob, you come up to town, man. Time. we got to have a beer. We'll sit down oh, yeah, and talk face-to-face, man. But, absolutely. Uh, say goodbye to everybody and give yourself a little plug and uh, yeah. we'll move on. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Uh, you know, like I said, love talking pirates baseball and don't get nearly enough chance to do it. Uh, you know, except on the, on the machine. Um, but yeah, if, uh, my, my website, if you'd, if you'd care to stop by, uh, is, uh, Rob Allman.com R O B U L L M A N.com. Um, my, uh, my strip, Cartoon Cannon runs every Sunday morning on DK Pittsburgh Sports, which you're probably all aware. Uh, but, um, you know, um, in case you're not, please check it out. Uh, and, you know, if, if you think of it, uh, pop into the comments section and and uh, just drop me a line on, you know, what you think of, of that week's strip or whatever. Uh, it's always nice to hear that kind of feedback. I'm always jealous of the, the more controversial stories on the site that have like 188 comments and I have like, you know, seven. Uh, so, you know, so hey, next go. week, his drawing is going to be bonds. Didn't deserve to get in. <laughs> and it'll just be a sad face um, bonds. Like, Oh, it's, it's, you know, I'm getting to slim pickings. Uh, I, I was thinking about it today and I, I think I have a, you know, specific timely idea for, uh, for Sunday strip. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Terrific, man. Dude. I don't know how you, like, I have the artistic ability of, a cinder block. So I, I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm always amazed by people that have that, that creativity uh, aspect. And um, yeah, so uh, I'd like to see what you do and um, God, you made us look halfway decent. So you know. yes, we definitely, uh, we definitely have the best ones. I mean, they came out great. They really did. Yeah, so. You know, that was, that was a fun, that was fun. You know, it's always, uh, you know, it's always, uh, you know, fun to like get a, you know, get a, well the, well, the challenge was somebody you don't know, you don't know anything about their personality or whatever. So, you know, you're just going off right. a photograph and, um, but, uh, but I don't know all the ones for the podcast were, were, were a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time doing that. Well, we appreciate it, man. And we appreciated having uh, you on and your, your insight on some things. And I, I really loved awesome. have, uh, having that talk about that period of time. I'm serious. That was great. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, good time. Mr. Stam, everybody in the household is feeling better. Yes, um, I was the only one that uh, somehow contacted uh, or contracted COVID, and um, everything's good. I'm back to normal, whatever that is. And um, yeah, so, and if uh, you want to reach out to me on Twitter, it's uh, for the city underscore 412 or at jimstam22. You know me, guys, all Pittsburgh, all the time. I have reached a new low for COVID right now. I mean, I have had it three times, and my low is not having COVID. My low is that my new neighbor decided to have their child learn violin. And it's it's the worst experience of my entire life, Jim. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I can hear every shrieking 
twang of the of the wires, and I, I just can't do it. Wow, that's um, that would not be a, I mean, other than maybe drums, for just yep. the sheer just the sheer loudness of it. But violin, that's got a special uh, pitch that you're dealing with there. <laughs> it's Definitely pretty bad. Pitch. It's pretty it's bad. And like it, every time I really, really get down about it, I look at my cats because they're the ones that are really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they think's going on in the walls, but they, they both hate it. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, great week, everybody. And uh, I don't want to fumble on the, on the two here. So make sure you do stop by the live show uh, January 22nd at North Shore Tavern at 2 o'clock. We're going to be there. Tons of good stuff, uh, a lot of giveaways, um, bobbleheads, all kinds of stuff for, for everybody. Come out, participate, participate online or in person. Super excited to have you. Follow the show, Pirates Fan Forum on Twitter. Subscribe. Give us a rating like Dayon's always asking. If you like the show, please give us a rating. It really means something to us. And without further ado, I think uh, it's time for Mr. Ben to say goodbye. Yes, yes, what?